0: Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Maximum Octane. Joining me today is Pam Terz, and I asked her to join me because I just love what she has going on right now in some of the life lessons that she has learned. And there's so many things and, and lessons that she's going to share with you today that I can't wait for all of you to hear it. Hi, Pam. How are you?
1: Hi, I'm very well.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Wonderful. I was happy to be here.
0: Great. So one of the things that I want to make sure everybody knows about, and the links will be in the comments, and we're going to refer back to it, is your business, which is Be Positive. Want to yes. tell us what kind of business that is?
1: Right. So it's called, it was named after B Positive, but it's spelled differently. It's B Positive Creations with a P-O-T at the beginning um, because I am an artist, but I uh, also have worked for 35 years in the automotive industry, um, owning and running the automotive uh, businesses. And I was lucky enough to have this wonderful studio uh, opportunity. I've always been very crafty, um, but I just jumped right in. To glassware or uh, glass art, and um, but I was coming out of a pottery field, so to create the name, I I wanted to be positive, but I wanted it to look like it was pottery and fused glass.
0: So, fun little fact about that: when you're picking out names and thinking about what do I want to call my creation and your branding and all, what kind of feedback did you get from your name originally? <laughs>
1: So I thought I was being really creative, but when I started handing out business cards or showing people the name, they would say, oh, are you a marijuana store?
0: <laughs> it's so, so funny.
1: It is, but it really does come from the my blood type is B positive. So that's kind of how the whole thing started.
0: Incredible. Incredible. It always, you you think of these names and it's like all these things that, you know, you think of every scenario and how people can perceive it. And there seems to always be one little thing that gets by us that it's like, I never thought about that, but I just think it's so cute. And you're in Fredericksburg, Virginia, correct? I
1: am, which is about an hour South of Washington, D.C.
0: So that's an interesting area to live in. Lots of culture and history Uh and art. And the Smithsonian's are pretty close to you, which is one of the things that I definitely want to speak to you about because I love the Smithsonian. It's probably one of my favorite places on earth that I've gotten to visit frequently. And there's something for everyone there. And if anybody has not ever taken the time to go and visit the Smithsonian, I highly, highly recommend it. Whether you like art or don't like art or there, there's something for everybody. If it's trivia, you like pop culture, trains, planes, automobiles, lights, there is something for everyone and you're really robbing yourself of an incredible opportunity. If you have not gone to visit there. And I, I wouldn't, how long do you think it would take to go through all of the museums there? And
1: Uh, well, I know there's at least seven right there in the federal triangle on the mall, but there, I think they are spread out beyond that. They've made a really big push in like the last 20 years, 15 years of really spotlighting culture. So we have the new American, uh, Native American Indian Museum. We have the um, American, I mean, African-American Museum. There's stuff for children. I mean, they will just do anything to bring anybody in. So no matter what your age is or your belief system is, there is something there for you.
0: There truly is something for everyone, and it's so amazing to me. I think so many things you see in pop culture or that you've learned about in history and, and different things, and it all comes to life there. You, you can actually see it and look at it, and it's just amazing. So, Smithsonian, I, I'm bringing this up for not just because I'm very passionate about it, but you are going to be featured or your artwork in an exhibit is <laughs> the Smithsonian would still just blows my mind as many people as I tell about it and share your story. I just, I can't even believe it's just like a fantasy to me to hear that and know that. So when it, you want to share a little bit about your story and what your the exhibit you're going to be featured in.
1: Certainly. So I'll just start really basic. So um, my husband at the time and I owned an automotive repair facility, Um, We worked very hard. We've been members of ATI for years and years, and uh, we've followed the wonderful processes and building a good uh, second-in-command and a good staff that we can rely on, and that gave us some time to reach out of the business and start really covering our passion. His was more into, like, firearms and becoming trained with the NRA to where I was going more into an art direction I was able to acquire a beautiful 500-square-foot glass art studio, uh, which is fused art, and it. Uh, I have four kilns, so I'm able to create a lot at one time. I hadn't been doing it very long, only for about five years, but I really loved it and really took to it. I We were invited to the ATI Super Conference in 2021, And of course, COVID was still an issue. And we were told we had to have masks in the um, general areas. And then they came up with a wonderful idea of having face shields for the trade show because they wanted to be able to to interact between the vendors and the clients and be able to see people's faces, see them talking and things like that. So some wonderful person in ATI came up with a, a shield contest just to help it be more fun and more comfortable that everybody had shields on. And there was hundreds, of course, people there. So I took that upon myself to, you know, we were kind of slow because of COVID and I had a lot of time off in my studio. I just started making pieces that would fit a theme of a fish tank to put on my shield. So I've made several different, uh, used several different processes, made several different, Uh, decorations and little fish and coral and shells and things to put on this shield. The shield was just a plastic shield I bought from the hardware store. So I painted it, I glued, I created, took me about a month and um, went to the convention or the conference, showed showed it off and enjoyed everybody else's decorated masks. And it turns out that I did end up winning that contest Um, And was presented a a small gift card, which was so fun. And it was done and it was over. And I I was just going to hang it up in my studio and just not think about it again. But the reason why I chose the fishbowl idea was I kind of felt that was representational of what was going on in the country as far as how we were feeling with COVID. This had already been a year now with COVID and we were shut off. We were shut in we were like in a fishbowl, we were, you know, not able to go out and all we had to do, you know, time to do was lots of screens, lots of Zooms, lots of remote teaching, remote learning, remote work, everything was screen, screen, screen. So I just thought that that, a fishbowl represented that really well. So um, about a month later, uh, we were back up at the ATI headquarters and I ran into Vice President Karen D. and she mentioned that there was a call to artists to represent or for representing the COVID. And it could have been anything. It could have been a poem or a photograph or an apron that a scientist used or any kind of art that was created. And from what I understand, there was a lot of art stories of what could have happened with relationships or, I mean, it just could have been anything. They just threw it out there and said, submit your entries and we'll let you know. And so I did. I submitted pictures and a write-up of everything that I, you know, was going through, why I made it, how I made it and what it represented. And I kept getting a call back, you know, and they would say, well, join in on this conference call or join in on this Zoom meeting. So I kept getting called in to join in. And the grouping of thousands of people from across the world kept getting a little smaller and a little smaller and a little smaller. And then I finally got a beautiful email from the Medicine and Science Division of the National Museum of American History of the Smithsonian Institute, (laughs) it's a mouthful, um, saying that they were accepting my piece to be in the COVID exhibit that it would be online probably within the end of 2023, but that the actual live exhibit would not be out until 2024. And that was pending. We didn't know if anything was going to continue happening with COVID. It might have shut it down even longer. So that's kind of the time frame we were looking for. I wasn't allowed to tell anybody. I could only tell my very immediate family, which was, it was I wanted just to scream it from the rooftop, but
0: I I don't know if I would have been able to keep that a secret. Honestly, I, I (laughs) cow,
1: It it was hard, but, um, the deal was through the Smithsonian, I had to keep it quiet. I couldn't be on, you know, the news or put it on Facebook, nothing. And, uh, so I was able to, I have two grown sons. So my sons and my mom and I drove up to D.C. uh, the middle of March and parts of the Smithsonian's were all still closed down. And so the curator, Mallory, came out and met me out on Constitution Avenue right there in the middle of D.C. And we signed over the mask and she took it. And I watched it walk down the, the gangplank down to the employee entrance and it went into the museum. And so once I got my paperwork saying that they had accepted the piece and I received my uh, deed for gifting the uh, shield to the Smithsonian, then I could scream it. So I did. (laughs) For those
0: of you that can't see me right now, my eyes are tearing up. I I don't know why this, this, this whole experience and story just moves me so much because you took something that was very negative right covid i mean we can talk about all the wonderful things that resulted from covid and how people you know rose up and started being better people and helping communities and doing things and there was a lot of positive that came out but for the most part you know it 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 really sucked right for lack of a better word a more eloquent way to say that and you made such a beautiful creation and expressed yourself in such an incredible way and allowed your art to to just shine and speak for what you were feeling inside. And it it just is so incredible to me. I wish I had that talent of of the glasswork that you do, because it's just amazing. And all of the artists, anyone out there that has artistic qualities or, you know, are artists, you need to believe in yourself because you do make the world a better place. And something so small can have such an impact. And You know, this is such a prime example of, you know, one small action, the ripple effect. I mean, for Pete's sakes, you know, you made a mask for a contest and it's going to be in the Smithsonian for people for hundreds of years are going to see COVID through your eyes because of what you created. And I, I think many times artists and people that don't consider themselves artists, but are they don't realize the power that they have to inspire and influence people you didn't really consider yourself an artist right you
1: kind of had a journey with all of that can you speak to that a little bit well i've always been very crafty i mean since very very young you know i would collect clovers and make things out of them in the grass i mean i just always have been making things and I always enjoyed entering some kind of contest. My sons always won the Halloween contest because of their costumes or, you know, stuff like that. So um, I've never really sold anything. I guess I didn't have the um, the confidence to say this is worth this much money. I basically just wanted to give stuff away because I didn't think, you know, that people would really pay money for it. But once I started to really appreciate and learn the glass arts It is actually a very expensive hobby to have. And you do have to kind of recoup some of the money that you're putting into all of this. Um, There was a couple little gift stores nearby. I brought it over and they said, sure, we'll try to sell it. And it was selling. It really started selling. So that was a surprise and an honor in itself. And I've had people contact me for commissioned pieces. I've uh, teach classes now for, you know, to come to my studio and, you know, learn how to do it. And then they've gone on to create new things. So it it is very rewarding. And I I can, I think, honestly say that I am an artist. I can put that as a title. I'm currently back in the pottery world until I can get hold of my glass studio again. But yeah, I I can't not create. It's my outlet of passion and love.
0: What do you think was the turning point before you really believed in your worth and that you could create something that was worthy of people purchasing and
1: buying and displaying? I think just taking the chance. You know, I know it's really hard for people to value themselves, you know, to say that what they do, what they know or how they do it is of value to someone else. And I think you just say, take the chance. If it doesn't sell, okay, then lower the price or give it away as gifts or send it to a charity to give away as gifts or something. But if you don't take the chance, it's always going to be no.
0: Yeah, wonderful, wonderful words for sure for everyone that's listening. You have to believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, it's going to be hard for anybody else to write. And you have to know your worth and everybody has unique gifts and talents that they bring to the world. And you have to understand that and, and you're worth it. So many people don't think that they're worth it. And it's such a high rate right now in the world of depression and suicide and everything that's going on because people don't understand what they're worth. And so this, again, just, just warms my heart. Running a business is a lot of work, it's a um. lot of work, a lot of years you put in a lot, lot of time, blood, sweat, tears. You finally got the business to having a second-in-command and a third-in-command that you can take back some of your life and start following your passions. How did that change you as a person to be able to differentiate and say now, okay, I am a business owner and I run a successful business, but I'm also this person over here that has passions and interests other than my business?
1: Well, I guess that's what you drive for, by owning the business in the first place. I mean, of course you want to support yourself, your family, you know, and then you get a a staff, which is now your family that you have to do good to support the people and their families. And as it grows, you just have to know really how to make a profit. You can't give your services away because you're guilty, feel guilty or whatever. You have to just really, say, no, I'm worth this much money and this is what our hourly rate is and our markup is, whatever. And, um, and then build your family and then that family then becomes your second-in-command where you can take a few days away or you can take a long weekend or a one-week vacation and then you can take a two-week vacation and then you can take a summer month on a cruise. You know? And the more confidence you have in your staff, the more freedom you have. But it's up to you to train them, to put processes in place, to uh, make sure that they know what to do when there's a fire. It's very rewarding to be an entrepreneur. Yes, it is. And that's the
0: entrepreneurs and small business owners is what created the country and keeps it going today. So I, I hope people are still encouraged to do that. I hear more and more people saying that they don't think it's worth it and they don't want to venture into their own business and that the the work is too hard and the risk is too high, but we, we need people to do those things and start those businesses and be all of that. Having an outlet, a creative outlet, such as the glass art or before that was pottery, your kids' costumes, how do you think that made you, as far as all of your relationships, to be able to have that creative outlet?
1: Well, of course, it helped a lot with the businesses because I do think outside the box, I would come up with creative things that helped with gifting things to customers or to the employees or a fun marketing mailing that I would come up with. We did create life-size versions of the Cars characters, which was Lightning McQueen, Tomator, and Guido. And they're still sitting out in front of the shop today. Um, That was a huge thing to the community. We had so many people. Um, People actually would bring Christmas gifts and Easter baskets to Mater. I mean, (laughs) they really loved it. And I think any time that you can be a little bit different That's what makes you successful. People don't want to hear that they have all these choices all on this one road of all doing the exact same service. They want to look at you and say, yeah, but they're the ones that give out popcorn balls or, you know, have the cute cars characters or, you know, work with the SPCA. You know, we worked a lot with the uh, dog rescue, stuff like that. So I think anytime you can set yourself out of the box... People will choose you just because you're different. They don't want all these choices. They want the easy choice. Wow, I'm just
0: my my head's going because my my sons, well, boy, when they were little, those cars characters, they just, my goodness, the movies and the characters, and we had the lunch boxes and the backpacks and the t-shirts and the, all of that. If they would have seen life-size replicas of it on a on a street in our town they they would have absolutely lost their minds because i think we saw them at is it disney right was trying i get confused with universal studios and disney now but and they got to see mater when when they were little there and they just absolutely loved it and so i can't even imagine the impact that you have on the children in the community with with
1: doing that well, how that. far are you from Fredericksburg? Because they're still there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a smidge away. That boy. I don't know if they're they're uh, at their age now, willing to take a road trip to see uh, Mater. But if they ever give me some grandkids, I will be driving up there to 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 see it there. If I'm That's ever okay. <laughs> blessed with that, they're still a little younger for that, but still. Okay. So, what advice do you have for people that? or trying to struggle between running a business and remaining who they are and true to who they are?
1: Something that a friend had said to me was, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. So that's the advice I always give people that are saying, oh, one day I want to make a record or one day I want to do this or that. Do it. (laughs) Do what you're passionate about. Um, If you're not in a position where you can afford a studio or you can, you know, take the time off, then that needs to be your focus is how do I get that time and that money to do what I love to do? So then you have to worry on getting a second in command or, uh, you know, a partner in your business or something that gives you some time and some money to go out and create it. And once you have that, it's way easier to go back into the business because the what you're passionate about—if it's fishing or golf or you know arts, whatever travel—you you are releasing your stress with what you're passionate with, and then when you step back in to your business, you're you're coming in with a fresh breath and a, a renewed soul to then listen to the phones ring and deal with customers that are angry or, you know, an employee issue, but you're, you're different. You're refreshed. You said that so eloquently and you have to feed your soul. You have
0: to find your passion and feed it or else it's just such a grind and it can be overwhelming. And so I just wonderful advice. I so appreciate you being here today and joining us and I, for one, cannot wait to see the exhibit. And I know I had asked you about are you going to replicate? And I know I wasn't the only one that are you going to make another mask to replicate what you did? And I just loved your answer. Do you want to share it with our listeners?
1: Well, I believe what I said was, no, I'm not going to replicate it. I'm just going to go visit it in the Smithsonian. <laughs> I'll probably rent a bus and put all my family in it and we'll go up one day. Um, but I will say this uh, I had a, my family member was up at the museum just two weeks ago, and there is actually a space for the exhibit. Right now it just has like some posters and write ups, but you can clearly see that the exhibit for COVID pandemic is coming. So I'm, that made me happy. That means it's, it's on its way. This might be a little more real than I think it is.
0: (laughs) It's so real. And I, and I really love that. You don't want to duplicate it. You can't duplicate magic. I, you just, I mean, it was a one of a kind piece. It was a moment in your life. You have this wonderful experience. And I I just am in awe, even that you, you understand that and it's, it's that piece for that moment and you're not going to try to mass produce much of because I guarantee you there's a ton of people that would buy that it it really was quite beautiful so hope everybody gets to see it and so we're gonna have the links for you for be positive on your uh, for them to check that out are there any photos in that site for of the mask that our viewers can go and look at it.
1: Yes, absolutely. There's photographs and a beautiful video um, in a light box so you can really get a, a nice visual of the um, how everything is colored and moves. And, um, and then, of course, all my other pieces are in there now, too.
0: Well, I'm so grateful that I was able to see it firsthand and and doing an experience and get to see when the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other people saw it for the first time. I mean, I think that's all anybody was talking about the whole evening was, did you see Pam's mask? I mean, it was so incredible. So thank you so much for sharing your story and inspiring us. And if anybody doesn't take anything away from this today, other than you have to believe in yourself and know your worth and you do make an impact on and, on everyone. And you have to understand that. I, I hope that's at least what you take with you today. So stay safe, make good choices. And Pam, again, thank you so much for sharing your story.
1: Thank you so much, Kim. Great to be with you. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking
1: information everywhere that you can.